We are um, unfortunately back for another week of this podcast. The reason I say unfortunately is, I think everyone knows, but I um, I was the first person in the history of our fantasy football league to lose by 300 points. Not only that, I was the first person in the history of the fantasy football league to drop under 150 points with a set lineup. Like I was trying, I was trying to win, <laughs> and that I put up 150 points. That is why I say, unfortunately. However, it was a very interesting week. We had some high-scoring games. And a lot of people hitting over 400 this week, so uh, we definitely will get into that. But um, I really want to get to my predictions because I'm pretty excited about them. I mean, I'll be honest, to the point, I, ever since I've started doing predictions for this league, I don't think this has ever been done. But I was going back and looking over my predictions. I went 6-0 and last week. I did not get a single game wrong on any of my predictions. And I think that is the first time that's ever happened. That bumps me up to 13-5 and on the year. And that means I'm going to give you my predictions for this upcoming week. So, <laughs> we shall get into it. I have to pull up the app. Give me a second, boys. Fuck. So, I mean, first things first, there's not really much to get into with the first game up here. We got uh, Show Me Your TDs against a bunch of piss cats. And um, I think, oh, yep, that one was already done. And it says Neil's going to win. Every other one isn't done yet. Yeah, of course Neil's going to win. In all honesty, I'd be surprised if I hit 130 this week. Next, we have Trends versus Ferlano. And don't get me wrong. It's going to be, I mean, honestly, I think, truly, Rex Burkhead had a really big performance last week. But if you ever want me to come out and say a uh, New England Patriots running back is going to have back-to-back good weeks, I'm sorry, dude. It's, it's just not going to happen. Um, nothing against Furley's team. And I do think Furley's honestly due for some trades here soon. But uh, I'm going to give this one to Trent. I'm going to give it to him. Give it to him. Next, we have the injured reserve. BG versus Moose Man Diggity Doo Chark Week. Um, this is a great one. This is the battle of Pat Marr. And I mean, personally, if given the opportunity, I would love to acquire Pat Marr Jahomes to be my quarterback in fantasy. I mean, if I had Mar Jackson and Pat Mahomes as my quarterbacks, I really don't think I'd lose a game. Even if I didn't even play half the fucking lineup. I'm not confident in them. Anyway, this is going to be a pretty good game. Honestly, as of right now, I'm just looking projections I don't really like to go over. But Moose is projected to win by a couple points. So, um, However, quarterbacks, I'm going to call them like pretty much dead even. Because I really think that Matt Ryan and Ryan Tannehill, despite Tannehill, you know, he hasn't even really like exploded as that QB1 off the top. But he's still playing solid. I'm going to still... They're, they're really good QBs. But uh, running backs, I'm going to give those to Brody on this one. 
But however, Godwin could miss some games. I don't think he's out the lineup yet. But um, just based on those top two receivers, it's hard not to give it to Moose. So I don't know. This is going to be a really good game all the way down the line. Obviously, Brody doesn't have a D tackle. And so it's pretty much going to be like they're both projected around that 360 range. Obviously, a lot of times you see the reasons people start hitting those 400s is either a guy just goes completely ballistic or a couple defensive players get a couple big plays. I don't know. But in terms of this game, it's going to be really good. And I think just for the terms of the fact that Henderson is playing New York and that's a really good matchup for pretty much any Rams player against New York because they are a fucking disaster. I mean, I could say Giants because the Jets are playing Denver. So if you're playing a Denver player and we got Ripey and just got announced as a starter, I don't know about that cheap. So that's not a good play either for any of them. But I'll be honest with you. I think I'm going to give this one to Brody just for the sole fact that, you know, the wide receivers are really close in my opinion, but it's like he just has that extra running back. And I think that's kind of swaying me. So, yeah, I predict Brody on that. We have, I'm sorry, D. Jackson and the commish, which is Rich versus Clark. The battle of the third cousins, if you may. Um, pretty much down the line. Let me check something. Teddy Bridge is 22. A-Rod's 8. You know, when I said Aaron Rodgers, I wasn't sold on him, but you know what? He's a bad man still, so I'm pretty happy I was not, I was not, you know, I wasn't saying A-Rod's shit now. I was just saying, I didn't think he was like elite, elite, elite level. Like, no, he's still top five in my opinion. Can't even sway it around that. But this game to me, I think I'm just going to give it to Rich because... I'm going down, and don't get me wrong, I really like Alan Lazard and Gusecki. I, I really like tra- both of their flexes, because if Russell Gage... How, in, how serious is his injury? Head injury. I didn't honestly see it. He's expected to have a concussion. I did not see it with that. But what I'm looking for here is just I, Josh Jacobs and Alvin Kamara. I love that running back combination. Even if Latimer is your RB3, he doesn't put up amazing numbers, but it's not like he puts up Jordan Howard numbers. So fucking take it. Take what you can get at RB3, Rich, because it could be a lot fucking worse. Um, I'm not disrespectful to Clark because I think Frank Gore is actually going to fucking play good against Denver because we are piss cats in our own way. And he has a lot of good matchups on here too, like the Robert Woods one. Um, truly think Mike Evans could have a good game against the Chargers because Chris Harris is banged up now too. They're getting thin in that secondary. So I'm going to say, but I'm going to still go with Richards on this just because, well, again, running back sway me and I think Kamara at Detroit could be a really, <laughs> you could just explode. However, Jacobs at Buffalo was a game that I'm going to really want to pay attention to because I don't entirely think that Jacobs could, you know, go and win that game rich in the case like say it's a close game and you needed jacobs to have a better game i actually want to see because buffalo let me tell you i played them low last week i know they almost blew that lead but that doesn't change the fact that you know i'm i was wrong about buffalo and i'm happy to say i was wrong about buffalo because fuck they're a fun football team to watch and so is josh allen and you know what's crazy is people can rip his you know deep ball accuracy and stuff but you know what josh allen is just i don't think he's exactly going to be the guy who's going to be leading the league in passing touchdowns or yards ever. But this man, the way he can extend plays, he's a big body. You know what? This He's a white Cam Newton. That's what he is. Is it too bad to say that? No, he is a white Cam Newton. Because let's be honest, Cam's deep ball accuracy early in his career was never the best either. 
he's pretty much a white Cam Newton minus the Superman sallies and he doesn't have Karens writing him emails saying how his celebrations are bad for the youth. I wonder why. Now let's not get into that one. Next, we got Brucetown B-Dog versus Tax-Free Zone. That's Benny versus Legro. And honestly, look at that. There's Josh Allen. And Joey Burrow, who got absolutely fucked. He's QB10. He got absolutely fucked last week by uh, Malik Jackson. And the kid got back up and got right into the game. So you know what? He's a fucking football player. Um, nothing against Legro. He's a little banged up. And I mean, Mike Davis honestly put up 34. So that's pretty respectable. Not saying that he won't do that. Um, you probably want to see more from David Johnson. Not that he hasn't, you know, playing bad, but if he's going to have to be going as your RB1 going forward, well, C-Max out, you just need him to put up a little bit more points. But I'm not going to pick many people to beat Ben or Mallard at his rate. Nothing against you, but that team is just that team. So I'm going to go with Ben. And next, we have the Dog Fuckers and CD's Nuts, which is Adam and Knack. A couple characters in this matchup for sure. And they just made a trade. I have sources indicating right now a trade has just went through in the Fantasy Football League, and it's between two guys who are playing each other this upcoming week. Uh, The trade is going to be Daniel Jones and Mark Ingram for Jarvis Landry and Drew Brees. Um, To me, I honestly don't think that's the deal that you really have to get that much in-depth to. I think that kind of is more of a preference, if you want my opinion. Um... Daniel Jones is obviously, you know, using his legs a bit, but he is still QB 24. Whereas, you know, Breeze is 21. He's around that same range, but I still look at Drew Breeze's numbers that he's putting up, and it's like 33 and 42 the last two weeks. It was really week one in which he just didn't throw for a lot of yards. And he didn't have Michael Thomas for whatever, the full last three weeks. I'm not saying that, you know, because I have been seeing Breeze, he's definitely lost a bit of his arm strength. And I still think that overall him taking a lot of dink and dunk opportunities is more so, I think, him just trying to get into a groove with this new receiving corpse, despite the fact Traquan Smith is there. And, you know, but E-Man is new there, you got to remember. And I think that's why you haven't really seen a huge explosion from him yet. But I think it can happen. But I've always been one to think, like, will (laughs) Drew Breeze what like ever need that true wide receiver to like because it seems like Traquan Smith right now is honestly kind of about playing Sanders so I don't know we'll see I guess maybe Traquan had a good camp and he made a big jump in the offseason but regardless of that fact it's going to be a good game and that's a good trade for I think you know it's kind of who you want right um if you want me I think Jarvis Landry is due to turn it around I think the opportunity has been there and Mark Ingram certainly in um, a committee of some sort, right? And obviously, he's been, you see, he's around that 10K, he gets around 10 touches. And against Houston, he had, as I said last week, he had a big 30-yard touchdown run. And obviously, it happened. You can't take it away. I'm not saying the fucking shit didn't happen. But as you can see in this week, the following week, as I said, you can't expect that from Mark Ingram. He had about 30 yards again rushing on a, you know, he only had seven carries. So you just could have given him three more. We would have seen what he would have done. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, I just don't see him being a big guy to score a lot of points at running back again. But regardless of the fact, these are two teams that I think are really close, I think. But uh, it's kind of tough. And I think Melvin will be a workhorse again this week. I 
and not a lot I'm so good at English, dude. Not a lot of news has came out on Mostert yet and Michael Thomas. I, I think they'll play. It's tough, right? But I think I'm just going to go off their lineups right now. And if this game were to go down, I think Nackis had a really big week last week. I think Ertz is about to be a really good play in the upcoming weeks with Goddard out, Rager's on IR. And, I mean, really, who's his next guy up for targets there? Like Greg Ward, maybe? And Miles Sanders, obviously. But, like, not a lot of targets there for competition. He already has, you know, his cam with Carson. So that's a good play for a while here now. And... Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna give that one to Mac, and you know what? I'm not expecting to go six and zero because truly that's pretty rare that that happens. But hey, I think I could beat Neller. Maybe I think I could if I get Pat Marja Holmes. I would fucking predict me to win every game for the rest of the year because it's literally Pat Marja Holmes. You can't fucking lose. Uh, it's time for my power rankings. And uh, last week, you know, there were, I would say I was at, you know, 12. And um, I would imagine you know, you'd have to be near the bottom because my team did not hit 150 points and we lost by 300 and the season's already fucking over. Last week I was saying, oh, it's only week two. You've played two games. I was trying to be all positive. The season's not going to blow up. No, my season's fucking over unless we get Pat Marge home. That's, that's all I want, man. It's fucking Pat Marjones. You can save my fucking season. I'm telling you. Just trust me on that, Clark. Trust me. Don't be vetoing shit for Pat Marjones. Because <laughs> you got to understand, if I'm going to trade for Mahomes and Lamar Jackson, I'm going to have to give up a lot of shit, man. I want Pat Marjones. You heard it here. What am I saying? Anyway, here are my per, my power rankings. Coming in at number 14, we have me. I know what you're thinking, 14. Yeah, because coming in at number 13, we have my bench, because my bench pretty much fucking outscored my entire starting lineup. So you know what? Nothing wrong with that. Coming in at number 12, we have Justin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, and Kirk Cousins, because they single-handedly would have also beat my team this week. Coming in at 11, we have Ferlano. And, I mean, Ferlano's kind of going to be stuck around here because he's got kind of the injury bug going on with his squad a bit, too. And I don't know. I think kind of like is Rex Burkhead a guy you have to rely on to put those 46 points up every week for you to be into a close game? That's not even me trying to diss. It's just kind of a reality, right? But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll, I'm, I want to keep an eye on Rex going forward because I think he's always kind of had Belichick's trust. But I've always said I find Rex just pops off at the beginning of the year and then he'll slowly fade away for a bit, cut back for a couple decent games, and that's all you get out of Rex. But I want to see if that changes this year. However, I have Furley at 11. Coming in at 10, bumping down a spot is Leg. I mean, last week, he lost by 100. You have to understand his team is banged up, too. I don't think his team is necessarily that bad. He made a good trade, acquired Judy and uh, MVS, despite MVS, you know, not really having a good game. Maybe MVS had the shits. Maybe MVS didn't like that a fucking lizard was wide receiver one over him. A lot of shit could be going in that guy's head, MVS. Apparently, he's a guy who likes to get into his head a bit. A-Rod said it's all it's all in his head. And if I had a fucking lizard out catching me, I'd be a little pissed too. Especially MVS. That sounds like the fucking initials of some sweet-ass fucking sports car. And you're getting out-targeted by a lizard, dude. Come on, man. That's why Legos at 10. Because MVS is getting out-targeted by a fucking lizard. Coming in at 9, we have the dog fuckers. Um, 
dog fuckers, I honestly think Melvin can have a big load, big work, big load, <laughs> big workload this upcoming week. And I also think that you can expect that from Jonathan Taylor. And I also think, I mean, he did trade Josh Jacobs, which to me, I think it's kind of all preference also because DJ Moore is no pushover when it comes to points. So I think that's, you know, and he he also got uh, Montgomery back and Ronald Jones. So I can see he kind of wanted that extra running back opposed to, you know. But Moose, I don't want Kyler. I want fucking Pat Marja Holmes. Put it in your head. There is no other, like, Photoshop of Kyler Murray, you know, like, no, it doesn't, I want Pat Maher, and I'm getting fucking Pat Maher, anyway, yeah, Sandy's at nine, I mean, he had a loss, but I think the dog fuckers could turn it around, he's making some trades, he's got a different vision for the team, who knows, coming in at eight, we have Clark, and Clark was at 10, he picked up a loss, but he moved up two spots, because quite frankly, he dropped over 400, it was an impressive performance for his team, he got a little unlucky, Chris Jones would have probably outscored half of my team too, Clark, so you know what, don't fucking beat yourself up about it, but yeah, I was impressed with that performance, and I want to see where his team goes from there, we got uh, Truns coming in at seven, he dropped from five, but obviously, got a little fiddled (laughs) by Brody last night, but at the end of the day, I think Trent's team, you're not really in panic mode because he's he's healthy, he's got positions, he's got depth, and he's got quarterback depth. And I'm telling you, later in the year, after bye weeks are gone and you have the guys you're sold on, he can trade a quarterback to someone because we know guys are going to get hurt. We know shit like that happens. I love when people have quarterback depth on their bench because I look at that as a ticket to more players later in the season. I've always looked at it that way because what's the point of keeping four to five quarterbacks on your team? You don't need it, man. But I don't know. We'll see what Trinkler does. He also played uh, Herbert over Tom Brady. I think that I did not see exactly how that worked for him. Let me go check real quick. He was going to play Troob. Good thing he didn't. I mean, Troob still put up decent points, but he got fucking pulled. (laughs) So that's a little tough for sure. And I think he started Herbert last week. If he did, he got 38 points and Tom got 42. So it wouldn't have really mattered that much. He's just, you know, he was putting a little pressure on the geezer and told him he's got to fucking pick it up. Next, coming in at six, we have Rich. I really like the trade Rich made yesterday, despite the fact he had to give up two RBs to get Josh Jacobs. I think that Josh Jacobs and Kamara is a great one to punch at running back. I think, let alone those guys, often could make up for your RB3 being Lat Murray. And even then, that's not even a diss Lat Murray, I think. Call me, I think he's a very, very, he's a flex. He's a high, he's a flex. But you're playing him RB3, whatever. It's better than fucking any of my running backs, man. So that's what I'm saying. I've said that before. I'm broken record, but whatever. I'm thinking my dog's outside the door. I want to, I'm tweaked, dude. Coming in at number five, we have Knack. And he bumps up a spot, big 400 point win. I mean, he didn't win by 400. And you're going to think nobody wins by 400, but fucking Ben just beat me by 300 and fucking sick 313. So you know what? He wasn't that fucking far off. I'll tell you what, I'm going to keep Knack at five because I think that trade he just made, I like it. I'm a fan of it. I think Josh Kelly is honestly, you know, he had a fumble, but like he's still kind of doing work with his carries and it's not like, um, and I mean, honestly, since Herbert's came in, Eckler's kind of, 
kind of fucking picked it up also. So you know what? I'm happy with Maca 5, especially that he's been able to, you know, maintain this um, two-in-one record with MT being hurt and a couple injuries. So, like, that's the fact he's been able to pull those off is going to, you know, he should finish the season with a high record if he can avoid injuries going forward. Number four, stay and put, we have Brody. And, yeah, Brody picked up a big win, um, bumping him up to two-in-one. However, can't really say nothing against his team because it's not bad, but... If Brody thinks that, I mean, you can maybe make a case for Moose on paper, but it's just the fact Moose has three wins. But at number three, we have Neil. And I bumped Neil down from two. And necessarily, this isn't me saying, you know, Moose's team is 100 times. No, I kept Moose down last week, and he was and he was undefeated. But, you know, now it's an extra week. He's 3-0. and I think Moose deserves his number two spot. Not a shot against Neil, because I truly believe Neil and Ben have the best teams in the league by a fairly large margin. But... When it comes to, like, you know, bringing record into it, I think those are the two undefeated teams. They deserve to be at the top. So we got Moose at two, and we have Ben at one. Carson's out for a couple weeks, so, I mean, Carlos Hyde, the dream he had, it fucking came true. My dream was that, you know, Saquon Barkley would at least make it to week six. But that didn't fucking work. Anyway, those are my power rankings. It was fun, boys. Next we got, well, shit. All right, so we are up. Three guys who are going to do well. Three guys who are going to do shit. We like to call it well shit. I'm going to start off with a guy who I think is going to do well. I went tight end last week, Gusecki. I mean, he didn't have a really big game, but I mean, you know, he did catch a pretty nice touchdown, so whatever. Anyway, uh, Tyler Higby. Um, his performance is not lackluster last week. It's still pretty good for a tight end, but, you know... He came off a three-touchdown performance week prior. I think he comes back with a pretty fairly good week this good week this week. Yeah, that makes sense. Tyler Higby, I think he'll be really good against the Giants because he's playing the Giants. Nowhere to get in to any, you know, trouble because not really any of those teams, no, not really any of those players on the defense seem really intent on stopping the other team. So, you know what? Fuck. Not only Higby, I'll fucking throw in every fucking Rams receiver in there, too. And Goff, and fucking, fucking popular running backs, you know. Everyone. If you could have O-line, you know. Next, we have Alan Lizard Lazard. And I think this guy's a fucking lizard, man, because he's got some fucking amphibious-like reflexes or reptilian, whatever the fuck a lizard is. But this guy's fucked. He's having a good season so far. He's wide receiver six. And... I think Devontae Adams, you know, I would expect him to be back regardless. I don't care. I think Lazard is, you know, wide receiver two there. I think he's, you know, a really good play for the rest of the year. He has A-Rod's trust big time. So, uh, yeah, without a doubt there, I'm going to keep – I think Lazard's going to have a big week, especially because you have to put into uh, an account that Alan Lazard, you know, he's playing Atlanta. They have the 31st-ranked fucking defense they are just a fucking disaster on top of everything else like let's not even get into Atlanta right at number one I have Joe Mixon Mixon's come to a slow start he's RB 30 largely in part to that Bengals offensive line but I think that kind of will come to a halt I mean Jacksonville's defense isn't terrible but I think you're gonna get a good game this week and I I would imagine Jacksonville versus Cincy is actually gonna be close and they can actually kind of keep a run game going through the whole game and I mean I'm not saying they haven't because you know Mixon's got his carries every week, right? But it's like, 
you would expect that in this game, if he has four straight bad games, that's a little bit of a cause of, not bad, but, you know, not games that you want your RB1 to be having. Uh, but I do think that he'll have a, a turnaround game. And, I mean, I think you can expect more than 17 points out of Joe Mixon. But, you know, let's see. Moving on to shit. At first, I have Justin Jefferson. Um, Yeah, that's uh, because he pretty much outscored half of my team. No, that's also because Justin Jefferson is playing Houston, who actually have, you know, the fifth-ranked defense. They're also bringing in Earl Thomas. Whether he suits up or not, I have no clue. But regardless, their secondary has actually been playing good on top of, you know, even their Defensive front has been somewhat impressive despite losing like DJ Reader. JJ Watts actually managed to stay healthy, so that's pretty fucking big for them. But that is really the fact is I just don't see Justin Jefferson having another fucking seventy point game. So I do. It says, can you expect Justin Jefferson's production to stay high? My answer is no, not that level of production. I think he kind of falls back to earth. That's not really shit, but not what he was last week. You guys want to hear a really easy pick? Number two, Jordan Howard. I think I could put Jordan Howard on shit every week despite his matchup, despite anything. You could put Jordan Howard against like the 2017 fucking or 18 or 19 off the champion core Colts. He would be a bad matchup. But Jordan Howard is playing Seattle. They have the number one ranked defense. Um, I think that overall on the run game, they've actually been a lot better than they've been through the air. So... You can kind of expect Jordan Howard to maybe lose his six-point streak this week. I, I must say it. I expect a goose egg from Jordan Howard this week. You heard it. I expect a goosey. I think he's going to get close to three and a half. I think he's going to get like seven or eight yards on like four carries. <laughs> I should have a segment every week. The Jordan Howard prediction. How fucking shit is he going to perform for my team? Jordan Howard is not on the trade block, by the way. He's locked into my lineup for the rest of the year. Like, six points, six points, six points. This guy is satanic. <laughs> That's awful. At number one, I have Gronk. Um, Gronk had a really good week last week. I don't know if anybody saw compared to what, you know, he had. Came in, I'm a blocking tight end, baby. And then he goes and starts fucking catching balls. So, that was the... I kind of expected it, though, from Arians to mix it up a bit. I mean, he had six catches, which is, you know, <laughs> like triple the amount he's had all year. And, you know, they actually went for a decent amount of yardage. But I think he kind of moves back to that role of blocking again. I think that was something to kind of just throw Denver's defense off. I think Arians constantly throughout the week was praising uh, Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel's defense for its creativity and how you have to kind of throw them off and stuff. Um I think incorporating Gronk into their game plan was a part of that. However, keep an eye on that Godwin injury because maybe they will want to keep Gronk involved. But I don't know. That's not something I really kind of looked into yet. So, hey, that's on me, brother. That's my well shit. <laughs> Overall, I mean... Anything can happen. I really want Pat Marja Holmes. So this is me calling out Clark and saying, listen, I ain't one to fucking tell the league my plans of what I want to do. But I'm exploring trade options for Mahomes and Lamar Jackson because if I get both of them and I can make that Photoshop picture of their faces combined on my team and put a bunch of other home run hitters on there, I'll win more games than I can with this team because my entire I, my entire bench 
I have four bench spots because everybody else is hurt and I can't drop any of those guys because if I drop any of those, okay, who gives a fuck? 